Welcome to another edition of GovTech Today, where we try and bridge the divide between .com and .gov. I'm Russell Lowry. And I'm Jen Seha. And we got a exciting episode today. Uh, everyone's going about, we were all about Gen AI and all the exciting things that the government's going to roll out and these pivots that are happening, big conferences going on. And then on December 12th, uh, around eight o'clock at night, the governor issues a letter that orders all state agencies to, uh, to put a freeze on government spending. And so we're going to digest that today. Um, Jen, uh, have you had a chance to review the memo? Yeah. And First of all, your, your definition of exciting is really messed up, by the way. Like, <laughs> no one is excited about this. It's, oh. it's doom and gloom all yes. around. Um, and yet, yes, uh, absolutely kind of a surprise to many people. Um, we've been hearing about a huge budget deficit next year. Projections have it north of sixty million, sixty billion with a B dollars, um, and so I do think this caught us a little bit by surprise because it is kind of rare for um, budget projections to be influencing spending today. Um, but we're in a unique political position. We're in a unique time in um, our administration and our budgets that. Uh, cause the Department of Finance and the governor to say, hey, pump the brakes and pump them now. I, I, I look at it from a lens in my previous life. I was the lead budget negotiator. And so I went in the room with the governor and the legislative leaders as you're wrestling with at the time were the largest deficits and, and still on a percentage basis, those were some of the largest deficits the state's ever faced. So I kind of look at it and uh, and as painful as it is and for the clients that I represent, particularly those with current projects, you just immediately got dropped uh, some anxiety. From an overall budgeting perspective, it's a really responsible thing to just push pause and say stop. Um, but what does a pause and stop really mean? Um, what's it mean from the business perspective, from your client perspective, as you digest the memo? And I probably had a series of conference calls in <laughs> yeah. response to immediate response. Well, I mean, uh, first of all, it's on anything and everything, right? Like, right. I don't think anything is off the table. It's literally like goods, services, office supplies. We don't care. Like, stop <laughs> doing it right now. Right. Um, so, you know, that's the first is, are there any loopholes here, right? right? Like, how do we get around this? There is an exemption process. It sounds, I'm, I'm taking off my private sector hat and putting back on my government hat where I worked at an agency the exemption process sounds exhausting, right. <laughs> absolutely exhausting. Right. And I mean, the bar to receive an exemption is really high. It's going to um, vary by agency. It is going to vary by agency. It's up to each agency as to what they approve or don't approve. But literally, it's there's four bullet points on this budget letter. You have to be addressing a declared emergency, providing 24-hour medical care, Avoiding a significant revenue loss, so like tax collection will still go on, right. um, or achieving significant net cost savings. So, you know, this one is the squishiest of the right. four, which um, is still giving my clients and the private sector that sells to government a, a little ray of hope here is, um, you know, you have to change your focus. But if you can signific significantly demonstrate some cost savings... There's still an opportunity here. 
I uh, I would noticed one significant point in the in the letter was that it was going to require the agencies to have a monthly report where they have to identify each exemption. So they're going to have to justify it. And, and then they have to identify all the cost savings that they had per agency um, on a monthly basis. And so it certainly means for any procurement, um, but I think tech particularly, because it's called out in so many, it's called out on every page of the letter, on every page of the memo specifically, which did catch me a bit by surprise. Um, but technology specifically, you're going to have to have a real champion in order to carry the water. There's a difference. If you've made a sale to the state, they've said yes. That's different than hell yes, I'm championing it through this exemption process, or at least it seems mm -hmm. that way. Um, it seems that way at the tables that I've been at. What, what's oh, your yeah, experience? for sure. I, you know, the bar was raised um, and it means to get anything done, uh, you have to jump through yet another hoop with government. Um, something you mentioned, and you're right, like IT is all over this. And um, something that uh, last year, we had a, you know, 30 billion plus deficit that we were trying to, to fill. And my point to all of my clients and to the industry, and I think to our listeners was, you know what, IT spending still increased. All right. As a state, we cut $30 billion, but IT spending was up. Um, I don't know if that like put a target on IT spending, but you're right. IT spending is mentioned on every single page here. And it's a little counterintuitive. Typically, when you have a deficit or a recession, the way you build out of that is investment in infrastructure. Jerry Brown was a huge proponent of this, like build something um, with the money that you do have that'll help you get out of this. IT absolutely is infrastructure in my, in my mind. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, don't replace any IT equipment that you don't have to. And we're going to look at every technology project uh, in the PAL process, the project approval life cycle that's at the state right now. And honestly, if it isn't in contract right now, it's probably not going to be anytime soon. Like they're pausing things that they can afford to pause that aren't mission critical. And that's where um, where I saw a little ray of sunshine, maybe to add another ray that you didn't mention that we can think through together. Uh, but I get approached all the time to help companies that want to sell stuff to the state. And and I say no a lot and, because if I can't understand how I would explain it to the state or what the usage would, doesn't mean it's not a wonderful product, um, but I just don't think I see the path to where the state's going to buy it or um, that it's the best solution. So I want to be a person when I walk in that they're expecting that's what I'm bringing. And the line in the, in the memo uh, where it says new goods and service contracts it has to be time sensitive and meet a critical need. And for the clients that I represent, I didn't call any of them up when I sent the memo out. None of them loved it. Um, uh, but none of them said, OK, we're going to shut it down. We're not going to sell to the state because what we have is not critical, important or time sensitive. Um, we think our stuff fits in that bucket. If the state if we're going to help the state uh, achieve its goals, if a agency has a critical mission, um, we want to be a part of that. And if we put ourselves in that spot, maybe we can find a path. At least 
that's the so it's going to be a murky path. It's not going to be this. The, it's going to be a little longer than the normal path. Right. But you're right. I mean, there's still an opportunity here. Even with the cuts, the state's still going to spend over $300 billion next year. Right. So we're not going anywhere. And look, like as as quickly as things swing, I mean, we were at a massive record-breaking surplus two years ago. And now look at what we're facing is like freezing all spending. Um as, as quickly as things swing one direction, they can swing the other direction, too. That mission critical uh, for IT projects uh, wasn't extended to some purchases like uh, vehicles. It, it, it was for emergency vehicles, uh, but all other planned vehicle replacement shall be halted. Not a lot of wriggle, wiggle room in shall be halted. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't have any clients trying to sell cars to the state, but right. that's, that's, a, that's or, more than a little um, ripple. Leave buyback, which I think a lot of state employees have come to depend on as like their end of the year kind of bonus, more or less, right? You're right. working, you're working your butt off all year. You don't have time to use your vacation hours, but they've had a leave buyback program that is a nice little bonus um, when you cash in some of those unused vacation hours. Paused it. Not right. happening this year. Sorry, anybody that was counting on that, you should not have. Yeah. That will uh, that will impact some people's end of year spending a little lump of coal in the Christmas uh, in the Christmas stocking maybe um, the state travel uh, plans for non-essential travel that again that wiggle room you see the wiggle room but then you see the monthly report so each agency head that approves travel is going to have to justify each trip, each conference attendee. I know in in GovTech, which tends to be the focus for us and our listeners, um, those we've heard from both the state side, the .gov and the .com, those, those conferences are critical where yeah. people meet, they hear the problems, the state describes problems, the private sector proposes solutions. Um, is the state going to view those as conferences as essential? I mean, I don't think so. Oh. No, I, you know, I'm I'm hearkening back to I'm going to age myself a little bit here. Um, some recessions where we had furloughs and PLPs and you know freezes on anything that's non-essential, and it there's a hard line there, right? Like you're right, there is an exemption process, but all of those exemptions are going to be public. So if I'm the secretary. I'm not putting my neck out there for much. Like, I want to be a good team player. I'm not approving anything unless you can demonstrate it's absolutely essential. So I would guess that's that's the line that most of these secretaries are going to make. Uh, you know, that's that's what we're faced with. Um, but I, you know, I do think the other thing is, you know, the title of the budget letter is Current Year Expenditure Freeze. And people are like, this is great. Like, we're almost to the end of the current year. And I'm like, no, no, we're no, talking no. a fiscal year here. So, yeah. like, we're halfway through it right, right. now. And we'll, we'll be dealing with this for six more months. Um, I'm, I'm interested in your ideas. Um, a couple clients said, you know, is this going to be a special session? Are we going to look at current year budget and claw things back? Um, or do you think that we're sort of too far down the current year on spending? There could be a there could be a special session. Um, that's a great that's a great insight. There could be a special session. Uh, the set the savings that you would get from a special session uh, are likely not enough to warrant it. Mm -hmm. um, and 
the information that we're going to get in the May revise that's going to change a lot of this. I look at this as um, sort of filling up your savings account, your couch cushions, your your hunkering down. Um, the the you would be resetting the baseline for a special session, so you could lower the you could lower next year's deficit by reducing the baseline if you were going to change caseload numbers mm -hmm. for health and human services or eligibility and that sort of thing you could more easily impact future years um, those are options that that could be open i'm not sure that the legislature will will take them a big part of this was because um, the federal government extended the tax filing deadline mm -hmm. to October. So, uh, which, which legitimately reduced our visibility into what the numbers were going to be about how much the income tax was going to come in. So, so I, I, I look at it and say, I look at it and say the budget options in the mid year, I think, I think the legislature is likely to defer to these kinds of things that the and clawbacks that the administration can do, and then giving some of those back will be part of the negotiations and shaping of the budget for next year. I mean, and you talk about the negotiations and the shapings for next year. We're only a few weeks out right. from that actually starting its process, right? Like right. departments and agencies have submitted budget change requests, Um put in their wish lists and uh, the Department of Finance in early January will roll out a governor's January proposed budget for the 24-25 year. Any um, crystal ball insights into what that's going to look like? I can't imagine it's going to be pretty. Yeah, no, that, uh, that, will, that will be a... That process is largely done at this point. Uh, the The just the mechanics of the how do you write it, how do you get it to the state printer in order to meet the January 10 deadline. The the next year's budget starts, uh, Department of Finance starts writing that in the summer. So July and August, as the legislature heads to recess, as this budget, as the budget is wrapped up, finance has a process where they begin writing the next budget and agencies go through that process. We we see the BCPs and the and the project, the process that will it'll be revealed to the public in January 10th, but the outlines of that are largely done already. But the negotiation with the legislature with both um, a new speaker and by the time budget negotiations in earnest begin, you'll have a new pro tem in the Senate. Uh, that will be an interesting process. Uh, rookie legislative leaders um, and for almost most of the legislature will have zero experience of having gone through um, times when there's a budget deficit. It is not the same budget process of how do you Ooh, go about it. Sounds juicy. Things. Sounds totally juicy. Well, I, I mean, I think the other thing is like we're talking about California and the dire situation that we're in at the state level, but this is applicable to any government, right? Everyone deals with the ups and downs um, of, of budget surplus and recessions and um, budget deficits. So like what, I mean, I know what my answer is here, but I would love to hear what you, what is the, you know, eternal optimist, uh, what is the eternal optimist message that we should be delivering to our clients and to the public? Because it's not, it's awful, 
Yeah. For sure. But it's not the end of SLED. It's not the end of technology. It's not the end of GovTech. Right. Um, so how do we frame that for our audience? I think the best way to frame it is to look yourself in the mirror and look at your team and say, does my product genuinely serve the state and help the state deliver its services. And I think for the vast majority of people in the GovTech space, that's how they think of their their companies and their products. They're proud of them. They like them. They think the state would be better off if they would buy them. Um, well, communicating that value proposition is just what um, decision makers want to hear. They're especially open to solutions. They're especially open to uh, a better way to get the thing done with less. And you might have to sharpen your pencil. You might have to lean on a relationship in order to really get that explanation. But you might find, this is weird, but you might find a more willing audience because we don't have time for fluff. Yep. We don't have the resources to wait. We've got to make decisions now. And if I don't make this cost savings today, I'm going to have to cut a program or it's going to have an impact on constituents that I care about. And so um, it might it might take some time, but I think I want my I want my clients, I'll be sitting down and really thinking about the end user, the recipient, putting a face of how this person's life is going to be impacted and better because the state adopts this IT solution. And I don't encourage anybody to make that up. Um, these pressures and decisions that our policymakers have to make are real. They will lose sleep. They will mm -hmm. agonize. It's not, a, it's not a dollar figure at the end of the day on a spreadsheet. It's a human life that's impacted by that program. And so um, bringing a real solution is a real opportunity. Well, and I think... If that's what you're bringing, which I know that's what your clients bring and mine, of course, too. Yeah. If that's what you're bringing is like an actual opportunity, you're going to save them money, you're going to make their lives easier, you're going to make things more efficient, then this budget letter almost becomes a tool that you can use, right? You can point to this and say, here's how we're going to help you, department or agency, meet these requirements. And here's how we're going to make your life better and make you a hero through all of this so that when they do list those monthly reports you're on there as saving millions of dollars. Well, one of the things, and I, maybe we can end on this, but it's the, one of the things that you do really well is give people insight into the process. It, you take it from uh, a confusing website or a stack of regulations and kind of explain it to people. Uh, well, this is a new wrinkle that most people in the space have never had to deal with. We haven't seen one of these budget letters since 2011, I think, mm -hmm. was the, the last time we were seeing this. Um, so how do you guide your how do you guide your clients through an opaque, a more opaque than normal process? Sure. A lot of it is we will see. We don't know yet. Um, you, you mentioned it, and it's left to every department to determine if their projects or purchases meet these, you know, requirements to have an exemption. And we don't know what that process looks like yet. Um, we don't know what standards of those exemptions that people are going to be held to. So, you know, the first questions I got are, what about this project? Or what about that project? And the question, you know, totally valid. Everyone wants to know, like, what I'm working on, how is this going to impact that? And 
it's we're not sure like is the fairest and most honest answer I have today um, one day after this was all public. But we're going to have to figure it out through the departments and the agencies. And if I'm someone that thinks one of my projects or or, um, one of my sales might be on the line here, I'm calling the department and I'm saying, hey, when you figure out what you're going to do with this, please let me know because I can help you. I can help illustrate if you have a case to make for an exemption, I'm happy to help you with any supporting data that would make that more compelling. Um, but it is, it's murky, to say the least. And uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold. I think uh, if I were to leave our audience with one uh, one tip is it might be, it might be, it might be opaque, but it also might require you to touch uh, different audiences than you've touched before. Maybe you've dealt with um, the CIO and the and the manager and the IT staff, and now you're going to have to interact with the agency staff or maybe less technical people. Yeah, call those fiscal staff. Or, they're <laughs> the ones that are filling out these forms. Or, like, or they're hey, getting pushback from yep, the Department, hey, of, Department Finance. of Finance. We haven't <laughs> talked in a while. How are you guys doing? Right. Yeah, it's definitely going to require people to get out of their comfort zone. And they're going to have a little bit on their plate uh, with <laughs> everyone trying to weigh in. On and they're going to tell you exactly what I would tell you, which is like, we don't know yet. Right. <laughs> We're trying to figure this out just like everyone else. I mean, I think it's great. The last line of this is like reporting instructions will be sent via subsequent budget letters. It's like, okay, like we'll just we'll wait for those, I guess. <laughs> right. And maybe that's the maybe that's the theme uh, and the ending thought. But uh, it's a, it's going to be a constant process. Another letter, another piece of the puzzle. And uh, the decision makers will be struggling with this. All year. Uh, we'll be struggling right along with them. <laughs> well, good luck in the trenches. Yeah, you too.